Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. That's a new title. <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot to tell Keith. I, I didn't know that. It was just announced today. It was just announced wait, today. Wait, wait, what was um, it again? I'm Billboard's executive digital director west coast is there a, a an executive director digital director east coast there is his name is joe lynch what what fancy titles <laughs> and can i call you like edd of billboard uh sure <laughs> wow well we'll have to get into this separately yeah that'll be another congratulations on your new title Thank amazing you. i just surprised keith with it on on air <laughs> Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and sometimes new uh, titles on (laughs) Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about Lil Nas X making a high debut on the Billboard 200 Albums chart and logging three concurrent top 10 hits on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, how Taylor Swift's latest re-recording of an older hit debuts straight into the top 40 on the Hot 100, and how Drake holds on tight to the number one spot on the Billboard 200 with Certified Lover Boy. Also on the show, we have news about the jury reaching a verdict in the R. Kelly trial, as well as Rihanna staging her latest Savage Fenty fashion show, and what it might mean for the future of her music career. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Alrighty, let's do the chart chat. First up, Drake's certified lover boy rules the Billboard 200 albums chart for a third consecutive and total week as the set earned 171,000 equivalent album units in the United States in the week ending September 23rd. That's down 28% compared to the previous week. And all this is, of course, according to MRC data. The album opened atop the list two weeks ago with the year's biggest week for an album, 613,000 units. With a third week at number one, Certified has the total most weeks atop the list, for an R&B or hip-hop, or R&B hip-hop effort is what I should be saying, in over a year, since Little Baby's My Turn spent its fifth and final non-consecutive week at number one on the July 11th, 2020 dated chart. Next up, 
Lil Nas X's Montero debuts at number two on the Billboard 200 with 126,000 units earned. The album is promoted as Lil Nas X's first full-length album, and it follows his debut project, the EP7, which debuted and peaked at number seven, <laughs> nope, at number two <laughs> on the July 6, 2019 dated chart. Seven later scored a Grammy Award nomination for Album of the Year. Yeah, that didn't stop it. It, it didn't stop it from getting an Album of the Year nomination being an EP. You know, Grammys, charts, weird stuff happens, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Montero Montero was uh, preceded as uh, sorry by a pair of top two charting hits on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Montero, Call Me By Your Name, uh, which hit number one, and Industry Baby with Jack Harlow, which peaked at number two in August. On the Hot 100 this week, which is dated October 2nd, Industry Baby jumps six to two, returning to its peak, while the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber's Stay stays put at number one for a sixth week. Meanwhile, Montero jumps back to the top 10 with a 13 to 9 increase, while another Little Nas X track, That's What I Want, accompanied by another striking music video, which is a norm for Little Nas X at this point, debuts at number 10. In total, Little Nas X has 11 tracks on the Hot 100 this week, all from his new album. And chart fans take note, one of those tracks, One of Me, which debuts at number 88, Features chart legend and all-around pop legend Elton John. The two also co-star in an Uber Eats commercial. You've probably seen that recently. So, with one of me debuting, Elton now has two concurrent hits on the Hot 100, as his collaboration with Dua Lipa, Cold Heart, rises 98 to 74. One of me, by the way, is Elton's 69th Hot 100 hit. I feel like you've got to revisit our podcast if you didn't hear it already. I guess you're not, you can't revisit something you haven't heard. My point being, we had a whole talk about Elton John staying relevant and like, here we go again with another Hot 100 hit? Crazy. Yeah. I think both of these songs are on Elton's upcoming album. Oh, the one, I heard the new Charlie Puth one that he put out last week too. Right, right, right. That's from that album. This album is stacked. There, There's a bunch of Elton solo tracks. There's a collaboration with Stevie Wonder. There's the Charlie track. There's something with Young Thug and Nicki Minaj on there, too. So it's probably going to be even more Elton Hot 100 hits coming up, which is bonkers. I mean, I'm assuming the barbs are going to try to help get the song onto the charts. I don't know. It's exciting to to see Elton on the charts. It is. Yes. And you know who's a chart geek? Elton John. It's true. So he'll be excited. (laughs) There is no lie there. Lastly, Taylor Swift collects her 138th Hot 100 hit and 81st Top 40 hit as her re-recording of Wildest Dreams, which was originally released in 2014, debuts at number 37. Uh, the original Wildest Dreams peaked at number 5 on the November 7th, 2015 dated Hot 100. It's interesting that Wildest Dreams has come out because that song was originally on the 1989 album, and this is a re-recording of it, <laughs> but Taylor is preparing to release her second uh, of her re-recorded albums, and it's not 1989. She's preparing to release the re-recorded Red album in November, which follows the re-recorded Fearless that came out earlier this year. Yeah, this was kind of a standalone. Um, uh, She hasn't fully explained it or anything, but um, Wildest Dreams was actually part of a a TikTok trend. And so, you know, it was getting a lot of play and use on TikTok videos. And so I think she decided, hey, I'm going to be recording it again anyway. I might as well do it now while it's hot and kids are looking forward and... Yeah, I mean, it, ma- it makes you wonder, 
how many songs does Taylor, like re-recorded songs does Taylor have in the vault? That's true. Like, did she emergency re-record it or has she already re-recorded all of 1989 and is just waiting? Who knows? <laughs> wasn't there, wasn't, she was on Stephen Colbert and she had like this vision board or something that she was showing on screen and, and there was all these clues that the Swifties thought that indicated that 1989 was going to be the next re-recorded album. Yeah, and I'm not sure if they've had this theory at all, but I wonder if that was the intention. And, you know, the big thing with these re-recordings is these From the Vault songs that involve a lot of other artists and, um, you know, new unreleased songs or, you know, not new necessarily. Um, But I wonder if, like, she's got big plans for 1989 that haven't quite come to fruition yet. And so she went with Ryan instead, you know? Were there, like, well, who were the guest stars on 1989? Hendrick Lamar. Wait, he wasn't on the album originally, though. No, but you know for the re-release, re-recording, they're going to have to get him to re-record that for a remix to go on the the you know Taylor's and, version. And well, and then you have to redo the video, and you have to call up Gigi Hadid and get her to come back. There you and, go. You know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's move along to some news then. Um, here are some of the biggest headlines over on Billboard.com. Um, on Monday... When we were recording this show, R. Kelly was found guilty of all nine charges brought against him in a federal trial, including racketeering and sex trafficking. Sex trafficking. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Oh, I need to... So the verdict was delivered after two days of deliberation by the jury, which consisted of seven men and five women. Um, and Kelly, who was previously acquitted in a 2008 child pornography case, which is one that we you know, all watch very closely, now faces life in prison because of these nine charges. Uh, the verdict comes after five weeks of arguments and physical evidence and 45 witness testimonies from the prosecution alone. Um, and during closing arguments, federal prosecutor Nadia Shihada addressed the defense's portrayal of Kelly as a naive bystander, stating that the defendant is not the victim here. He is not unlucky. He's guilty. Um, and clearly the jury agreed with her. Uh, Kelly will now await his sentence, which won't be determined until May 4th, 2022. What what, what uh, happens until then? I mean, he'll be in custody still. He's been in custody this whole time. Wow. So he'll remain in custody and his sentence will come down in May as well. He is in custody because he's awaiting an upcoming trial later this year for two other cases, one in Illinois for child pornography and obstruction and one in Minnesota for a child prostitution charge. So his legal issues are kind of just beginning, but this is, you know, obviously a a huge win for people who, um, you know, have been watching the allegations against him for, you know, decades at this point. A central point in this trial um, was his illegal marriage to a then um, just 16-year-old Aaliyah. She just turned, maybe it was 15 even. Uh, that They brought that up a lot, and it was a big point of the prosecution's case and seemed to really resonate with the jury and clearly nine, you know, guilty charges later than... I guess they, yeah, they made you know, their case. It's just, it's just incredible that this this person has who has been found guilty of of these crimes, um, existed so long as a superstar, chart topping, hit making, hit songwriter and an artist, and a songwriter not just for himself but for so many other artists, um, and and I. Everyone was just apparently unaware of what was happening. Um, it's just 
Well, I think it's just so hard to fathom. I, I also feel like um, the tide has really shifted to, you know, people, you know, being inclined to believe a victim's story now versus then. Um, because, yeah, you don't want to think that somebody like Lady Gaga decided to record with this man after he was accused at that point of child pornography in the 2008 case when they recorded together. Yeah, so she do what you want. Right. She, you know, she probably didn't witness any wrongdoing, but she also thought he was innocent, you know? I don't know. So, yes, to answer your question, um, he hid in plain sight for decades. Um, the Aaliyah marriage was uh, an open secret. Uh, so she was a 15-year-old girl at that point. So if you only knew that, you knew that he was a predator. And, yeah. And I was at a wedding on Saturday, and they played the Ignition remix at it. So, Were you and, the only person who kind of blinked and said, okay, I, we're not dancing to this? No one else cared, and I made I made Dan stop dancing with our daughter to it. <laughs> I was like, can we please remove Natalie from the dance floor? I don't approve of this choice. There are too many good songs <laughs> in the world for this to need to be played, is all I have to say. I'd rather hear the Applebee's song out on the dance floor at the wedding than Ignition Remix right now. Wow. Oh, so there you have it. Okay, well, in lighter news? Much lighter news. On Friday, Rihanna's Savage Fenty show, Volume 3, premiered on Amazon Prime, and it showcased her latest lingerie looks on a string of very famous models or people who were modeling, whether they're modeled by profession or not, including Gigi Hadid, Cindy Crawford, Troy Sivan, Vanessa Hudgens, Sabrina Carpenter, Arena Shake, there was a million people, and Madonna's daughter, Lola, Lourdes Leon, Lola. We'll call her Lola, right? Are we comfortable enough with her to call her Lola? Sure. Um, We're all BFFs here. Yeah, and uh, and Rihanna herself, too, also uh, modeled the lingerie. There were also performances from Ricky Martin, Normani, Nas, Jasmine Sullivan, and Daddy Yankee. Um, but you know who didn't perform any new music at the show, Keith? Rihanna. Rihanna? <laughs> the answer is Rihanna. Um, do I sound like one of her fans commenting on every single one of her social media posts with where's the album? Because that's all she deals with all the hey, time. Hey, the Navy sent you. Um, but <laughs> we did get a few interviews leading up to the show, though, where Rihanna kind of, you know, cagely addressed um, new music and potential new album, uh, kind of dropping nuggets about, uh, you know, uh, what might be coming, uh, which would be her first project since anti in 2016 um so rihanna told the associated press of possible new music quote whatever you know of rihanna is not going to be what you hear i'm really experimenting music is like fashion you should be able to play i should be able to wear whatever i want i treat music the same way so i'm having fun and it's going to be completely different okay okay, pause she Mm -hmm. always should have been able to experiment and have fun and play be able to play so that makes me pause and thinks she hasn't been in the past. Well, you know what it really makes me think is like she's being a great, you know, Fenty brand ambassador because basically they asked her a question about music and she made it about fashion. Good point. You know what I'm saying? Got it, got it. Turned, <laughs> turn, the, turn the question around to the thing that you're actually promoting, which is the Fenty fashion. You're line. trying yeah. to talk about. Exactly. Um, so the real question that Keith and I were wondering about today after, you know, all of these sort of like pseudo answers about music is like... Does Rihanna need 
to put out a new album? Does she, does she have anything left to prove as a pop star, as a musician? Does she need music to promote her brand when obviously her brand is so strong? She, she was reported by Forbes this year that she is a billionaire because of the Fenty fashion line. I mean, uh, I, mean I don't think she like, can withdraw a billion dollars from her checking account, but <laughs> yes. like all of her assets <laughs> collectively in the Fenty brand are... Yeah. It might not be a liquid billion. This right. is true. <laughs> But Keith, what do you think? Like, um, you know, it's like we all want the album, but does Rihanna need to make the album? Okay, so we'll take each of these questions. Does she need to put out an album? She ain't hurting for cash. She's good. No, clearly. Does she have anything left to prove as a pop star? Sonically, she has mined all sorts of different sounds and vibes. The AP article pointed out that she's won Grammys in like four different genres. Yeah, that I mean that alone. It's it's not like, it's not like she needs a number one. No, if we're just talking about charts alone, if she has well, no, some no, pretty yeah, impressive chart stats that she racked up, Rihanna can make a country record if she wants to. I mean, I would definitely be here for it. I mean, she did a song with Paul McCartney. Yeah, she's done like reggae dancehall tracks. She's done trap house. She's done pop. She's done dance stuff with Coldplay. Come on. <laughs> She is in a luxurious position where she can do whatever the heck it is that she wants. And and it's probably just more of a matter of, does she want to do it? Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's some people who might need to remind you that they are famous once in a while. Hey, I'm here. Don't forget about me. No one has ever forgotten about Rihanna. Like she is the person everyone's waiting for on the Met Gala red carpet till the last possible second. She's the person who you are like, Ooh, who's she dating now? I got to see pictures of her with ASAP Rocky or whatever. Like no one is like forgetting about Rihanna's existence. She does not need to remind us. She is in the public eye constantly. She exists in the public eye uh, with or without music also. Yes. I mean, right. (laughs) <laughs> yes. If she didn't have the fashion and makeup and, and the cosmetics and, and, you know, the whole lifestyle brand around Fenty and all and the extension of the Rihanna brand, it'd be a very different conversation right now. I'm sure she's thrilled that people are still wanting her to create music and to still be a pop star Rihanna. I'm sure it might also get annoying sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. I was watching some interviews with her where basically uh, there was an interviewer was asking her, like, does it annoy you that people keep asking you, like, where's the album? Where's the album? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, no, it doesn't. Because it, it, she was basically saying, like, it, it makes me know that people still want the music. Because, you know, you could be one of those people where you just sort of fade away and you just become a mogul and, and no one's really checking on you to, like, make more hits. But people desperately want new music from Rihanna. And whenever she wants uh, people to hear from her, she just cheekily responds to one of the comments that is asking, begging her for an album, basically. Or every so often, she'll just randomly throw out uh, a stray track, you know, with someone. You know, like, yeah, so she can just do a one-off, you know, feature here and there as well. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I mean, are we just getting to the point that basically, I mean, she's an autonomous human being. She can do whatever she wants, but like (laughs) we, we want, we want music from her, but we also understand that like, you know, her mystique does not currently require music, you know, like it, it, true, true. All right. (laughs) Um, one question I did wonder, like, what if she just, 
never puts out music again. Like, would we be fine if Rihanna just ended up, you know, running the next Victoria's Secret, basically, instead of being a musician anymore? Like, was there, do, do you ever foresee a time when she's literally known more as a fashion designer than as a musician? You mentioned, you know, Posh Beckham, who might actually be in that scenario right now. It's comparable, but it's not exactly the same. You know, we have Posh Spice, Victoria Beckham, one of the five Spice Girls, does not do anything really musically outwardly um, with with the Spice Girls anymore. You know, when the Spice Girls did the reunion tour a couple years ago, it was just four of them. It wasn't all five. Victoria did not participate. And it, and it wasn't anything personal. It was just that she was very focused on her fashion line and her and her and her fashion business. You, you just want to, you know, she, you just want to refocus yourself on a different part of your life. I, I, you know, I think peep fans would love to hear Victoria Beckham on a new Spice Girls single. I think they would right. love that. Right. It's interesting, you know, when we think of like some other artists, you know, we've talked about Billy Joel on the show before, you know, like he hasn't made a pop album since 1993. You know who might be a kind of weird example also um is jessica simpson oh yeah yeah yeah. she by far earns more money now from her shoes and her accessories and her clothes the, than she, music when she did her uh the shoes and everything at, at macy's or something right oh yeah no she's i mean it's got a very like successful accessory line you know maybe she's moved to make new music but she's also probably thinking she doesn't have to right right and i'm sure some pop stars are like, look, if I don't have to like, slog it out on a concert tour and getting on tour buses and getting on airplanes. Yeah, that's the real thing. We'll we'll let you just go on vacation with ASAP Rocky, I guess. That's fine. If that's what you need to do, Rihanna. You know, I think there's also probably some artists who, you know, probably put pressure on themselves. You know, it's like, all right, if I have to make this body of work, this album, then you know, how's it going to do business-wise? Is it going to debut at number one on the charts? And then how's it going to be received? And then I have to make all these music videos. And I have to do all the promotional tours and blah, blah, blah. Well, well, you know, what if what if you kind of do, or what if she does what she's already kind of been doing, where you just drop singles here and there, you know, collabs when you feel like it, when you're moved, may, maybe she can drop an EP or something. She feels like a little bit of an album artist, though. And that's, I mean, like when Anti came out, like that... I remember yeah, that was very much getting, an album statement. It kept getting yeah. delayed. It kept, you know, like she really wanted it to be perfect. Um, and it feels like maybe that's what we're dealing with right now, too, is she's perfecting something Clearly, out there in the world. If Katie and I are rambling about this this much, in, then the true Navy are probably very, very consumed by this right now. Right. This is literally the Rihanna <laughs> wears the album of a podcast. <laughs> that's what we just did. Well... Um, after all that uh, Rihanna talk, um, which we could do endlessly, it is now time to move on to the chart stat of the week. 30 years ago, Garth Brooks brought country music to number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart for the first time in over 20 years. As the now legends Rope in the Wind album debuted atop the list, it dated September 28, 1991. Not only was it the first country album to hit number one since 1980, when Kenny Rogers took his Greatest Hits album to number one, but Rope in the Wind was also the first country album to ever debut at number one. 
Brooks was a phenomenon in the early 1990s, really most of the, de- the decade for that matter, with smash number one hot country songs uh, chart hits that preceded Rope in the Wind, like Friends in Low Places and The Thunder Rolls. And at that point, he already had two albums on the charts, a self-titled set and the top 10 Billboard 200 hit No Fences. And all these things were building the road to what would become the first number one on the Billboard 200 for Garth, Rope in the Wind. So just how big was Rope in the Wind? Well, it sold 300,000 copies in its first week, and then it sold another 300,000 in its second week. And by the end of 1991, just three months later, it had sold 4 million copies in just the United States alone. The set boasted three number one hits on the Hot Country Songs chart, including his cover of Billy Joel's Shameless. Hey, there's Billy Joel again. It's hard to overstate just how popular Garth Brooks was uh, in 1991. Uh, On Billboard's year-end charts, he was the number two pop artist of the year. And that distinction was based on, uh, on chart performance on both the Billboard 200 and the Hot 100 combined. And by that point, Garth hadn't had a single song on the Hot 100, so it was really just about his albums that made him the number two pop artist of the year. Know who was the number one pop artist? Mariah Carey. Uh, So yeah. All right, so there you have it. 30 years ago, Garth Brooks got his first number one of a so far nine... Sorry, let me say that again. So there you have it. 30 years ago, Garth Brooks got his first number one album of a so far nine on the Billboard 200 with Rope in the Wind. All right, Katie, we've reached the end of our big shoe. Um, what what song should we go out on? Oh, man, what should we go out on this week? Um, how about some Rihanna? (laughs) Actually, what is your, what's your favorite Rihanna song? Oh, we can do that Coldplay track. Um, Oh, that's Princess of China. I love that song. Please. All right, we'll go out on that, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.